We go, 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 go. I, can you testify to that? Yep. It doesn't matter if you're young, old, or middle-aged. Something's going to consume your time, and you're going to feel obligated just to keep going and going and going to, a, uh, to an extent that it's too overwhelming. I'm feeling burdened about this subject of rest because, honestly, I haven't lived it myself. And I think a lot of people don't live in a state of rest. So, this is what I want you to do, okay? Breathe, just for a minute. I know, sound like a motivational speaker. (laughs) I'm not. Just calm yourself for a minute. Your checkoff list. Just get out of your mind. Your to-do list. If you want to call it a to-do list. Your schedule. Where you're going to eat afterwards. The stress of your marriage. Your obnoxious children. (laughs) The week that you have ahead. The burdens you're bearing. Not just yours, but the people you know. All of that, I need you just to put it aside for a minute, okay? Because I do not believe that you are going to get what you need today unless you can do that. I can't. I almost feel like a hypocrite preaching because this is something I haven't practiced the way I should practice in my life. But I stand before you as a human being just like you. So if you have arrived and you've got this all figured out, then good for you. But we haven't, all right? So if you can set all those things aside and you're ready for the remedy to rest, then let's pray and give it to God because we're going to dive into this. God in heaven, in Jesus' name, we commit this time to you. We just clear our minds of our burdens, our thoughts, our anxieties, whatever thing, whatever is in our mind holding us back from having true rest. And we commit this time to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, now watch this. I know in here that everybody's at a different state in life. And so the question is, where are you when it comes to the subject of rest? And so I think in order for us to understand where we are, we need to do a little survey. And my question for you is this. When's the last time you just truly rested? When is the last time you took a break? All right? You have to ask yourself that question. And so let's do a little survey here. For me to speak on the remedy to rest, we need to know where we're at, okay? So here's my first question. How many of you... By, by show of hands, how many of you enjoy sleeping in? Would you raise your hand? That's your thing. Don't be ashamed. I know we have morning people here. Okay, good. I enjoy sleeping. How many, how many of you take naps? You got time to take a nap? Really? Really, Dad? Naps? How many of you um, wish you had to? I, let's put it this way. How many wish you had time to take naps? How about that? There, okay, that's better. How about this? How many of you feel tired the majority of the day? You there? What? The majority of their raising their hands are under the age of 30. That's disturbing. How many of you find yourself using a sleep aid at night? Hmm. All right. All right. Well, how about this for you organic people? Your essential oils at night to bring rest and relaxation. Anybody? Come on. One. I knew that one would happen. <laughs> I've done it too, though, and I've borrowed some essential oils that you've given me a long time ago. They do work. Uh, how many of you are tired? The majority of the day. Come on now. You can't explain it. You could drink a monster, five shots of espresso, and a few cups of coffee, and you're still there. How many are tired right now? It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You're there? What is going on? 
I'm going to tell you, this gives me clarity. Because according to the show of hands, this message is perfect for everybody in here. We're all in the same bucket, okay? And that means that you need proper rest. Now, I'm not a physician. I'm not going to get up here and teach you how to get proper sleep through the night. That might, you need to talk to your doctor. If you need diet and exercise or more vitamins, I don't know, nor do I care. That is not my problem to figure out for you, okay? I'm not going to tell you within your six days, because I'm going to focus on the seventh day, I'm not going to tell you how to manage your day and how to create a schedule that's going to benefit you to have better rest. But I do have good news for you. I'm here to help you, whether you like it or not, whether you want somebody else to help you or not. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit, as parents say so often. This is what you get. And I'm going to do my very best to help you through this because I believe I've figured out the true remedy to rest and I've missed it for years and years. But in order for you to have that true remedy to rest, having this completion, if you would, this true uh, satisfaction of rest, we have to ask some questions, okay? We have to go to the Word of God and look at some things. And that's where I want to start. Okay, in order to do this, I need to ask you this. Okay, how many of you feel confident? This is going to get interesting. How many of you feel confident that you keep the Ten Commandments? Raise your hand. You sinners, really? All right. How about the majority of the Ten Commandments? Please tell me. Come on. What kind of church do we have here? You know, one of them is "Thou shalt not kill." If you got something buried in your backyard that we need to talk about, <laughs> maybe you need to go to the authorities. All right, let's just let's do let's find out where you're at. Let's start with the first five commandments. You ready? Here it is. First one. Let's see where you're at. Let's see where you stand. <laughs> Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I feel pretty confident I'm doing okay with that one. But the problem is that our cell phone can become a god. It's whatever you prioritize. Whatever consumes the majority of your day and your time and your thoughts and your efforts. That can become a God. So that's a, I, you got to examine yourself. How about number two? Thou shalt not take unto thee any or make unto thee any graven image. What does that mean? Well, do you have Buddha, little Buddha set up in your house? Do you have some kind of statue of Mary and you're, you're going through some kind of ritual and you're praying? I doubt that's an issue here. How about this one? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Now that one gets sticky. Because people say, well, if I combine God's name with a curse word, then it's taking God's name in vain. That is not true. If you're the type of person that says, oh, God, or oh, my God, and things like that, God help me, I don't mean that in disrespect to my Heavenly Father, but here's the deal. If you say, I don't mean anything by it, that's the problem. That's taking his name in vain. (laughs) You're using it senselessly and uselessly. So if I barely got that out. But let's go to the next one. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Well, this one's interesting because I don't know if everybody truly understands this. I don't know if people really know what the Sabbath day is. We're going to come back to that one, okay? How about number five, honor thy father and thy mother. I hope you're good to mom and dad. They've been good to you, hopefully. How about thou shalt not kill? Please tell me we're all good here, right? We're not doing a show of hands on these. There's a reason for that. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Wow, it got quiet. It shouldn't have got that quiet, but hopefully everything's good. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. With inflation, I've been tempted. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Y'all are like, Pastor Dave. Well, a two-by-four is like $7 now, you know? It's desperate times. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness. How about number 10, you shall not covet, or thou shalt not covet. The old English, don't covet after others. 
Where you stand with these? Well, I'm going to tell you, now that we've covered the Ten Commandments, we can get some rest. You say, how does this have anything to do with rest? That's where we're going. The help we need starts with the reality of the Fourth Commandment. The reality is this. We must face the facts that most of us, if not the majority of us, fail when it comes to the fourth commandment. What is the fourth commandment? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, some people are like, what does that have to do with us? We're not Jews. We're not under the law. We, we don't practice Judaism. And all these ideas that they have put in place, that doesn't affect us. But let me tell you, there are nine commandments that, are, that, that, that we all recognize because they're binding. They are moral commandments. But when it comes to the fourth commandment, it looks like we overlook it because it's not a permanent commandment like the other nine. In the fourth commandment, it's a little different. Why is it different? There's a couple of reasons why. Look at the two words that are involved in this commandment. Remember and holy. The word remember is in reference to slow down and do this lest you forget. Just slow down. And then, of course, the word holy is in reference to be set apart. It means to be dedicated to God. It is set apart for a specific reason. Remember and holy. Two specific words. Another thing about remember, it's not just used here, but Jesus referenced it when it came to communion and the Lord's Supper. Remember that? As often as you do this, do in remembrance of me. Because he wants us to know that I never want anybody, it's important for nobody to forget, to take time to reminisce on the sacrifice that was made by Jesus Christ. Why is this something that we need to remember? I mean, this specific day called the Sabbath, Shabbat. What is it to us as New Testament, as the New Testament church? So... We're going to learn, and we're going to get the remedy to rest through this passage of Scripture. Now, I know it's in the Old Testament, but we're going to get to the New Testament, and we're going to have clarity on this and how it speaks to us today. So what is the reason why this day is set, said to be holy or set apart? Why? It goes back to the very meaning of the word uh, Sabbath. It means to rest. The word Sabbath is the, 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 the Hebrew word that means rest. God is saying to you and me, it is required of you, out of one, it is literally one of the Ten Commandments, that you need to rest. And it's funny how we look at that and go, no, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm not going to rest. I mean, I'll obey the other nine, but this one we have difficulty remembering. Why is that? This was for us. Well, we'll get into that. I, I believe there's a reason why we struggle in this area. Here's what happens when we take that day. God intended the Sabbath day to be a restful for th in three different areas of our life. One, it's physical, mental, and spiritual. Physical, he wants you to relax. Mental, he wants you to simply do what most people don't do, reflect. Reflect on the benefits of God's glory and also in salvation. And not only that, creation itself. But then there's that spiritual aspect. And I believe that is all about reconnecting with God. Because some of us don't have that time where we have God and I time and we're intentional about that. This day is important for the believer. And by doing so, we find true rest. 
it, true rest happens in our life. So let's make this applicable to us and get the remedy to rest. Is everybody with me so far? I don't want to be teachy. I, I know this is going to be a message that is going to be somewhat uh, educational from a biblical standpoint. But at the same time, I want it to be convicting. Uh, and so I want you to really examine yourself because I've been examining myself uh, on this and it's been very convicting. So I'm going to take you to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8. And it says in verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, set apart. And then he goes on to explain in verse 9, six days you're going to labor, you're going to do work. But on the seventh day in verse 10, he explains that's the Sabbath day of the Lord thy God. And on that day, you will do no work. Not only you, but he goes on to say, your sons, your daughters, your servants, anybody that's associated with you. And then he even goes further and says, even your cows. Cows don't even work on this day. <laughs> that's amazing. So like, I don't know what the Jews did at that time. If the dogs got up and they wanted to do something, they're like, no, today is the Sabbath, sit down. Sit. I'm not going to say it was that extreme, but the point is simply this. You're not going to go into the fields and, and, and saddle up a horse or, or, or get the, uh, the yoke on the mules and go to work. They need a rest, you need a rest, and there's a purpose for this rest. Why? Because six days in verse 11, the Lord, thy God, he worked. And how did he work? Because he created the seas, the earth, and, and, and all that we know. And then the Bible, and of course I'm paraphrasing right now, on the seventh day he rested. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he rested on that day. I'm going to make this very clear to you. There has to be a time in your life that you rest. There used to be a time where we were intentional in America. It was culturally relevant to shut your shop down, stores, gas stations on Sunday. Now, I'm not old enough to remember when we shut them all down, but I do remember when we shut down more than Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby. I don't know how many remember when we used to shut down restaurants and you'd eat at home, things like that. Y'all with me? Okay. What happened? We forgot. That's what happened. We forgot the necessity to shut down because that day they shut down was on Sunday. And the reason it was Sunday is because it was set aside for your family because they wanted to fulfill and obey the fourth commandment. Rest. Set aside this time for your family. Have time for worship. Don't go to work. We're shutting down so you can focus. Why is that important? Because that's, this is where we see the remedy to rest. The importance of this day and why it was important then and it is now. Alright, so Exodus 20 and verse 8 says this. Remember the Sabbath day. I'm going to start with the first part. That word, remember. First thing I want you to know, in order to have the remedy to rest, you have to remember to do it. Isn't that simple? Remember to do it. This, this, is, uh, this requires intentional planning. How many are planners in here? You plan things out. You write. How many have your calendar on your phone? You put all your dates and times in there. I know there's certain ones that don't do that. How many have that in? You have a paper calendar. Yeah, you're just like my wife. She'll put it in her phone. And then she writes it down. I'm like, why are you doing both? Do you have it here? And she goes, there's something about physically writing it. It's, just, it's good for me. She said it just like that. I, no, I don't do that. I, I, I forget to put everything in my phone. And then I forget to do a reminder. You know why? Because I am forgetful with everything. I forget to even put it in the calendar. We are forgetful people. 
I believe we spend too much time prioritizing the things that don't matter. And we forget about the things that matter most. We don't make space in our life for the things that are important. Are you all with me? Listen, this idea of the Sabbath, the Sabbath wasn't, it wasn't for us to be burdened or overwhelmed. It was for us to make time for ourselves. Um, I'll put it this way. When I was on vacation, we, I don't know why I buy shoes on vacation, but I bought shoes. We flew to Florida, Clearwater. And so we had limited space. Usually we drive, so buying shoes is not a big deal because you put it in the back of the van and we go. So I'm like, wow, I bought six pairs of shoes. I know, don't judge me. So I'm like, how am I going to get six pairs of shoes home when we have limited space in our suitcases? So I go to my suitcase, I put one pair of shoes. I go to Brianna's, maybe two pairs, two in mine, and then two in Brianna's. And then I go to Ellie and I say, can I put a pair of shoes in your suitcase? She's like, yeah. So I put a pair. Then I go to my, my son and I say, I need to put a pair of shoes in your suitcase. And he goes, dad, I don't have space for your shoes. I'm like, what do you have in your suitcase? And he goes, you have two suitcases. And he goes, I have two pairs of shoes myself, Dad. I said, okay. So I opened the one box. It's a brand new pair of shoes. I get it. Then there was another box. The box is new, but this is what I found in the other box. I don't know if you can show up. That's my shoes. They look beautiful. They look sufficient. This is his shoes. Do you see the problem here? The soles are ripped off nearly. There's something growing in them. And he admitted to that. There's a problem. Why did you bring these to vacation in the first place? I have no idea. And why do you feel like this is more important to put in your suitcase, in your box, than the brand new shoes? He made space for something that was unnecessary. Guess what I did? I threw them away. I said, they're disgusting. The house probably stinks because of these. Was I selfish? Maybe a little, but the point is simply this. In your suitcase of life, you're going to prioritize space for something, and I don't know what it looks like, but if it looks like that, there's a problem. So the next time you say, well, I didn't remember to do that because you remembered to prioritize something else in the place of what needed to be prioritized. I'm going to speak directly to those that are involved in ministry and those that are a family. If you're a mom or a dad or you're involved in ministry, let me tell you something. It is easy to focus on that even though it looks good. It seems like it's important. For whatever reason, it seemed important for a Christian to bring those shoes on vacation We think the same way. And God is looking at us and saying, you're remembering to prioritize the things that do not matter. The question is this, do you trust God enough to prioritize one day out of your week, to remember one day out of your week, to set it aside, to rest and focus on God and yourself and your needs? Do you trust God to supply your financial needs to take care of you for that seventh day? Do you trust God that he's able to take care of those details on Monday if you need to take off Sunday? He's able to help you. What are you prioritizing? Let me ask you this way. Do you believe it's okay to break the Ten Commandments? All of us would say no, of course not. But it's funny when it comes to this particular commandment, we are okay with breaking it. It made the top ten list. Do you all follow me? It's there for a reason. It's in the same category as thou shalt not kill. Are you all there? So it must be a big deal to God Almighty. And he said, I need you to remember to do it. This is the only commandment that starts off with the word remember because God knows as human beings, we have a tendency to forget. We forget the things that matter most and we move on to things that don't matter at all. Let me illustrate. 
I don't want to get emotional, but when I was a child, when we were in Alabama growing up, there's five kids, Christine, Dana, Tony, and Denny, and myself. We went to Anchor Baptist Church in Priceville. And for whatever reason, my mom and dad created a habit of forgetting me at the church. Is that the Bible being read? Amen. And what happened is my mom and dad would go home and didn't realize I was still at the church. I wouldn't take that personally, but it happened over and over again. They prioritized. Watch now, Tony, Denny, out of all people, my brother Denny, Christine, and Dana. But Davey was still at the church. And I was wondering what was the reason because my mom and dad would say, we forgot. But I began to realize that I think it was more intentional. I wondered if we intentionally sometimes forget things that matter, matter most, and prioritize things that don't matter. And we create these habits. And before you know it, we've created a habit of never, ever remembering to stop for the Sabbath and rest and prioritize time. So, well, I'm not working on that day, but you do everything else on that day. And I'm not talking about spending time with your kids, going to church. I'm talking about you're so consumed with other elements that it is tearing you apart. You don't know what it means to rest. The question is, what are you prioritizing in your life? Because whatever it is, you're going to make time for it. Y'all understand? The necessary amount of time that God has asked of you for this day is a full day. Let me remind you of this, okay? This is not a request. This is a commandment. And when you get to the point where it just seems like a request, then you've missed it. We cannot justify skipping this commandment. You said, well, it's the lesser of the evils. There's not lesser of the evils. Just because he says, remember to keep the Sabbath instead of saying, thou shalt not, doesn't mean it's lesser of the evils. This is a priority that God has ordained for us to have in our lives. Now, I know some of you are thinking to yourself, what about us being Gentiles? What about the fact that that's the law and and that's the Old Testament? I'll get to that in a minute, and this is going to help you because we all need this clarity in order to have this remedy to rest. So, first, remember to do it. Second, rest in it. You're going to love this. I only have two points. Rest in it. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8. The Sabbath day. Rest in what? The Sabbath day. The next part of this verse speaks of the full day that we are to remember, which is called The Sabbath, which means rest. Watch this, Exodus 20 and verse 11. For in the six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Then he goes on, if we look back at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 3, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he what? Rested on the seventh day from all his works, which he had made. God did not rest on the seventh day because he needed to replenish his his energy. He needed to get some sleep. The Bible, the psalmist says it this way, God does not slumber or sleep. He is God Almighty. He didn't need that. What that meant was he stopped working. Rest. Rest is translated simply this. Stop working. Stop laboring. Prioritize this above everything else. The question is this. Are you a workaholic? Ooh. People that are workaholics usually say, I'm not a workaholic. 
Well, if you can't shut down, then you are a workaholic. If you don't know when to say, all right, I need to stop. The rest of God in Genesis chapter 1 was simply to stop working. That's easy, isn't it? (laughs) Everything in life has to stop eventually or it will burn out. Look, your iPhone, even your beautiful iPhone that you think is, um, has no ability to fail, will fail if it doesn't shut down. Your computer has to reboot. You have to shut it down. You have to shut your vehicle off because it cannot just run and run and run. Everything has to be shut down at some point. Even your high energy pets have to shut down because they are a creation of God. They were meant to shut down at some point. My dog last night and the night before and the night before, Hank, the Great Dane, he's big old dog. At 11 o'clock, guess what Hank does? Him and Daisy, my other dog, they're laying there. He could be sound asleep and he snores really loud. He has nightmares too. He just, he's a weird dog. And he wakes up. He's like, huh. If he had a watch, he'd go, it's 11 o'clock. He gets up and then Daisy's like, whatever you do, I'm going to do because she's a dopey dog. So he walks to the basement and all he wants me to do is close the door on his crate because it is 11 o'clock. I am going to bed. I don't care what everybody else is doing. You know why? Because he is programmed and he knows it's time to shut down. Why is it that technology and animals know how to shut down, but human beings have not figured it out. And God Almighty says, you need to remember to shut down. Why is that? There's a problem. And if you don't get control of this, you'll never get the remedy to rest. You will burn out. You will burn out. You are not a machine. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. That means the Creator God knew exactly what you needed. And what He says you need is Number four out of the Ten Commandments, rest, rest, rest. Shut down. I have pastors I know of that literally won't even go out to eat on that day with people outside of their family because they just don't want to deal with drama. That's rest for them. They won't mow the lawn. That's fine. I believe rest can be relevant. That means for some people, they're like, I speed walk when I'm resting. That's not rest to me. Now, the word rest, universally speaking, means sleep. It could be sleeping. But God didn't want you to sleep your day away. That's not what he's talking about. Are you all with me? He's saying there's some key elements that you need to place in your life when it comes to rest. And there's simply this. You ready? Three simple things. Relax. Relax. Do not feel guilty to take time to relax. Uh, You know, you've know, you got to get to the point where you understand that if I do not relax and shut down, then I'm going to have maybe a nervous breakdown. I'm going to get anxiety. I'm going to deal with depression. I'm going to deal with physical issues that are not normal. I I, I chose when I was in ministry at Fellowship Baptist Church, our our, our sending church, not to shut down. I just was go, 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 go. The executive pastor, family pastor. I was over big events. I was over a lot of other things I can't even remember. And I don't say that arrogantly. I say that because it was unhealthy. And it's not because the pastor inflicted those things on me. It's because I was like, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. And before you know it, I'm taking everything and I didn't know how to process it. I was overwhelmed. Watch this. This is interesting. So what I do is I go in a little old school and I type out every single day what I have to do for that week. And then I, I, I put the time, the beginning time and the ending time of what I'm doing. I do this like for every week, right? This is weeks, months of stuff. I look back at my track record at Vacation Bible School. 
because Vacation Bible School was a big deal. We did big productions. We had big staging. And I've wondered, is that a little bit arrogant? Like I have to stay, uh, keep up with this expectations that the church had or the people in the community had? And then I realized there was a problem. This is what I'm holding in my hand in 2019, my schedule. And then this one, another period of time, that was the week before, 91 hours. Thought, wow, that's a lot. 117 hours in one week. Say, how's that possible? It was called a nap. Literally. I went home, slept 30 minutes, got back up and went again. And it was a breaking point when I stood outside of the garage where we're building these big sets and I stood by my truck and I was leaning against it. I was all by myself. The sun was about to come up and I was praying and I said, God, I need you to give me the strength to get through this week because I'm, I think I'm going to end up in the hospital. I can't do this. I, I'm falling apart physically. I remember Iris and Kai would help me and one of the days Iris literally just cried. Like, what is wrong with you? And she's like, I'm just so tired. That was on me. You know why? Because I made a decision to prioritize this idea of a VBS set. And I could use the crutch to say it's to reach children for Jesus Christ. I still broke the fourth commandment. I did not rest. And within those weeks, I compromised my family. I compromised my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I failed because I disobeyed the fourth commandment. What is it? It was supposed to be a day I set aside to rest, recalibrate, and prepare for my week. I did not do that. I did not, here it is, relax. Okay, here's the next one. In order to have a day of rest, the Sabbath, you also have to reflect. Reflect. Remember the seventh day was a day set aside to enjoy creation. It's a day set aside to enjoy your family, to reflect on what you worked hard to get. What about those crazy people that buy RVs and, and a boat and it sits in the garage because they work so much they don't have time to use it? How does that make any sense? He said, well, I don't do that. But do you spend all your time working and you don't see your family? Do you do that? When you reflect, reflect means I spent six days of laboring. By the way, it's biblical to work. It just like it's a commandment to stop working, it said to work for six days. All right? That's okay if you put 40 hours in. We're going to make it. The creator said you can do it. All right? But then you stop. What if you put your six, six days in, but on that last day, are you all following me? You never reflected on what God provided through the six days of labor. Hey, Listen, your children, I know it sounds a little weird, you did create them, all right? They're, they're, they're your family, and you need to enjoy them while you still have them. Until they hit a certain age, then you just got to manage, okay? Just kidding. The fact is still remaining. People don't know how to rest and reflect because they lose track of time and don't remember the Sabbath day. If God has given you a beautiful house and you've worked to have that, you need to enjoy that. If you have a pool and you've never even used it for the summer, there's a problem. If you have animals in your home that you spent a ridiculous amount of money to have this unique poodle or guinea pig, I'm going to tell you, as insignificant as that may seem to you, it is biblical to reflect on that day and enjoy those things you have. By the way, one of the most beautiful things you can do when reflecting is stand outside on a beautiful evening and look up in the sky and enjoy God's creation. 
Why is meditation music always include either an ocean or rain and thunder? You know why? Because that's the creation of God. And for whatever reason, mankind knows how to connect with that and shut down. That's why we sleep pretty good when there's a thunderstorm going on. Because our creator God knew what his creation could do for you and me. Then the last one is, if you're really going to enjoy this, if you're going to be able to fulfill this area of your life and rest in it, then you have to reconnect. Reconnect. God and I time is important. Do you know it's not biblical when people say, listen, when it comes to the Sabbath, we worship on that day. That's not necessarily true. We make time for God. The point of the Sabbath is to rest. But the rest in Christ is important to reflect on Him too. To reconnect. Are you all following me? It it goes further than just God and I time and my daily bread. It's important for you to take time to get in God's Word. But it's also important out of that that time and that week to get alone and be a part of this and your alone time. This is worship. Iron sharpeneth iron. We're here together. But I'm afraid that people have prioritized other things and it becomes a problem. And we miss out on that. Now let's go on and finish this, okay? It says to keep it holy. That means set apart. I, now I want to bring it to, 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 to a, a, a close. And I want to do it this way. I want to close this idea of the Sabbath or this commandment with the understanding of where the Old Testament was versus where the New Testament is, the New Testament church. To keep it holy. To better understand the idea of keeping the Sabbath day holy, we need to go to the first book of the Bible and read the account that takes place in Genesis chapter 2, Okay? The Bible says in verse 1, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. It's done. And all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his what? Work. Which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his works, work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. The word sanctified is very important because it's translated holy. It's the first time we see holy in scripture. The word holy means set apart. We are set apart from the world. That's why we were meant to have a holy lifestyle. We're not to be like the world. This day at the beginning of time was set apart to be sacred and set apart from all the other days of the week. Now let's tie it all together. You're all ready. I'm going to go fast with this. Now I want you to catch it. Okay. The number seven is a big deal in the Bible. The biblical Hebrew word seven is is connected to the fullness or completion. That's where it is. That's something we all long for. We all want completion in our life. Instead, we work constantly without real rest. And God's intent for mankind at the beginning of time was for us to rest in him. That was the ultimate rest that we were to have. Now watch this. Each day of creation... First, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. It all said, always said this phrase, morning and evening. Morning and evening. But when you get to the seventh day, this is very important for you to understand. There is no morning and evening because the work is complete. The seventh day represents the full rest that God intended for Adam and Eve to have. No more labor, no more work. Because at the beginning of time, there was no Sabbath. There was no need for Sabbath because there was no laboring. Are you all following me? He said they cared for the garden. 
the care for the garden is not defined as we define it as working every day like cleaning out the, the weeds. It's not that at all. So that seventh day, watch this, it's so amazing. That seventh day was literally God Almighty saying, six days of creation is complete. No more work is to be done. I am completed everything that I wanted to do, and it is good. And now, boom, God fills the atmosphere. God fills the earth. God fills the universe with rest. And Adam and Eve now are at that point where God wanted us to be today. Complete peace with the creator and connection and rest. Then it happened. Yeah, you know what happened. They sinned. They disobeyed God. And then God goes back to work. You say, well, how did God go back to work? Because he took the sheep and he had to sacrifice the sheep and the blood had to be shed for the remission of sin. It was a representation, right? They covered themselves with the wool from the sheep. All very symbolic, beautiful picture. God never intended to do any of that. It was done. The work was complete. There is no need for God to do anything but because of sin and disobedience. Now this took place. And in the same situation that is taking place, God directs to Adam and to Eve and says, now you must labor. Eve, you will have children and you will labor. You will have that, that pains and the agony. Let me tell you, nine months of carrying a baby, that's pretty intense. The labor they have to experience and then the rest afterwards is a beautiful picture of what's taking place right here. Not beautiful, but necessary to understand. Adam, you will labor. You will work with the sweat of the brow. You will, you will plow the fields for six days. But God still intended them to rest. But the Sabbath didn't look exactly the way it would look in the book of Exodus. Not yet. So here we are. Laboring, working. Y'all following me? Where are we going? We're going to get to us because we need to understand how does the Sabbath work with us. Watch this. Now we have the children of Israel. Time passes on. God intended for them to work and have a time off, but then they go into bondage. They're in, in their imprisonment and slavery with the Egyptians. Moses and Aaron show up, the deliverance, and now they're in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, they practice Shabbat. They practice the, the, this, this specific day, the Sabbath day. Because the Bible says, I'm talking about before there was ever the Ten Commandments, they were practicing this. You all follow me? To the point when manna was falling from heaven, God said on that sixth day, I need you to gather extra because I don't want you to work on the seventh day. You need to have enough to eat, not to gather on the seventh day. And then all of a sudden, there was a loss of focus and God implements it into the fourth, as the fourth commandment. To make sure you understand, I'm not requesting you guys to do this. I'm commanding you to do this. So the Ten Commandments are created. And now we see this beautiful picture of God's will for mankind. Included in that, those Ten Commandments, is the Sabbath. Now watch this. We fast forward to the New Testament. We have religious leaders like the Pharisees showing up. And they're starting to add to this day what we call the Sabbath. Before you know it, we have 613 restrictions on the Sabbath day. Now it's not a day of rest. It's a day that's burdened. All of us, we're frustrated. People are trying to maintain this. And then guess who shows up? Jesus Christ. He flips the script. It's beautiful. He's in the temple. And one of the first things he does when he speaks to the people is read from the book of Isaiah. Wow. Talking about setting the captive free, liberating the people. And on that same day, which was the Sabbath day, not by chance, he heals the withered hand. And then his, and then his people, which are the disciples, decide to eat because God, Jesus, allowed them to eat of the wheat from the field. And then the Pharisees are like, what is going on? 
What are you doing? This is the Sabbath. You've healed a man, his hand. And not only that, you've gone as far to allow them to eat. Well, that never went against the Sabbath day. We can eat. They were angry because of their restrictions. Who are you? This is beautiful. What does Jesus say? He looks at them and says this. The Sabbath day was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This was to relieve people, not to burden them. And then the most profound statement in Scripture is this. Therefore, the Son of Man is the Lord also of the Sabbath. Don't miss this. If you miss this, you miss the whole message. What did that mean? My Father, God, at the beginning of time, created in six days, but on the seventh day, He became the epitome of rest for Adam and Eve in the whole world. It was finished. That's been distorted. Now I step on the scene. And I now represent true rest. I am the Sabbath. And there might be a Sabbath that you take once a week, but when you follow me, when you accept me, true rest as my Father intended at the beginning of time becomes available to you every single day. Why? Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light, as he says in the book of Matthew chapter 11. Why? Because when you accept me, life changes. And so the anxiety and the depression and the frustration you threw out throughout the week that you're feeling can be eliminated because God intended through his son Jesus to liberate all of us to have an everyday experience of rest outside of the Sabbath. Which brings us to the cross. People think, well, it ended on the cross. He represented true Sabbath, but he died. No, he said the word to Talistai, which means it is finished. Just as my heavenly father finished the creation at the beginning of time and created rest, Jesus Christ now finished his work on the cross and brings forth rest for all mankind as long as they believe in Jesus. Mind-blowing. And then he raises from the dead. And lives are changed by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. So our rest as the New Testament church doesn't just come on the seventh day. It comes every single day because we've been liberated from the laws of Moses. And now we as believers in Jesus Christ intentionally fulfill the commandments, but not the laws of Moses. So I choose within my seven days, what day will I pick to be able to celebrate my Shabbat and have my time alone or maybe my time with my family and I rest and I reflect and, 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 and I relax and I, and, and I have this moment. You see, people have created this idea that it's a specific seventh day. It is only the seventh day and whatever that lines up within your schedule is important for you to understand. Why? Because we're not under the law, but we fulfill the commandment, which is to obey and to remember. People have said, I have to work and I have emergencies. Jesus addressed that, says if your donkey or your, or, or your meal falls into the ditch, he said, do you not pull it out on the Sabbath? Of course, it's important. So if you get called into work and there's something important that has to happen, I understand that will happen. But let me tell you, symbolically speaking, if your meal is falling in the ditch every week, you don't know how to manage your meals. <laughs> symbolically, you need to learn to manage your home properly because you're working seven days a week. Are you all following me? Let's close. I don't go this long. I don't care though. We needed it. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? It was through the crucifixion that ultimate rest for mankind came. It was intended for us at the beginning of time with God Almighty. But just as Morgan said, sin, sin messed everything up. Now we're dealing with it. But stop 
blaming others and God because you don't know how to rest if you're not obeying the fourth commandment. So here's my question. With clarity of mind in your seat where you're at, are you fulfilling the fourth commandment? Are you intentionally remembering to set a day aside to shut down? Does it matter to you? I'm going to speak to those that are teens. I'm speaking to those that are middle-aged. I'm talking about those that are older, younger. It doesn't matter to me because here's the thing. I'm talking about real, real, real shutdown. Your anxiety is overwhelming. Your frustration with people is overwhelming. Me and Ellie go on a drive and sometimes she reminds me and says, Dad, you need to shut off your phone. You don't have to answer every, uh, uh, every text. And I am so convicted when that happens because I do it so often. There's nothing in your life that should be priority over the time that you need called the Sabbath. So, where are you? In closing, are you willing to relax, reflect, and reconnect? Are you willing to remember it and rest in it? If you're ready for a change in your life, I can't promise you the other six days are not going to require a little bit of coffee and a monster or maybe some espresso. But I will promise you this, your life will change if you obey the fourth commandment and implement in your life a time off. Well, I do this and I do that and we have sports. I'm going to take my kids here. We're going to do baseball, basketball, football, knife throwing. I mean, we're doing everything under the sun. My kids are even learning how to juggle. Well, maybe your kids need to take a break and you do too if you don't have time to breathe. Are you all following me? I'd rather obey the Ten Commandments than the traditions of man or the idea that this is the way life is.